Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name's Tim. My name's Marshall. How goes it, Marshall? Good. It's weird to ask that. We've only spent every waking hour together for the last week. That's true. We've been <laughs> in the car together for two and a half hours. That's also correct. Some spicy conversation. It was good. Yeah. Spice. You know, well, I eat that big pepper at Eastside Mario, so I was just filled up with spice. This... Is not sponsored, by the way. By Eastside Marios. It'd be yeah. great if it was. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to the In, In and Through podcast. Hey, bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> 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 no, we've been we've been away. We had a, a pastoral retreat uh, with families for a few days, and then just you, Alex, and I for a couple days after, and it was yeah. good. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. And... That's why this podcast is a day late. That is why. We had all these plans of like getting on a paddle boat out into the middle of the water and mm. recording a podcast there, and we just ended up not doing anything. No. <laughs> well, I mean, the weather was... The weather was not good. We would have lost our computers. That's to the rain. probably true. <laughs> yeah, but it was gorgeous. It was a great time. All right. Question 43. Wow. 43. How many weeks are in a year? 52. Less than 10. I know. It's nuts. Hold on. Before we get into 43. Before we get in. We spent this week, part of part of what we did this week was doing our map for 2022 podcast. That's correct. Do we want to tell people what it's going to be? Yeah. Let's do it. Or do we want to wait until the No, no. Let's do it. Let's now? Do it. Let's do it. All right. So first year, Bible focus, reading the whole thing. This year, theology-focused, working on big questions. Mm-hmm. Next year, church history. Yeah. How did we get here? Yeah. And what are all the twists and turns? And all those other churches in town that we know are some degree the same, some degree different? What makes us different? How did they get to where they are? How did we get to where we are? What is the history of this whole thing? Yeah going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah, starting from the apostles and moving our way all the way up to the modern era. And I I know that there are going to be some people who think this isn't very spiritual. This is maybe I'll just check out next year because it's not edifying or growing or anything like that. And I want to I want to challenge you away from that. Mm-hmm. And this is what how I would say that. I I think some people even do the same thing about theology. If it's not the Bible, it doesn't matter. I don't need the theology part of it. Right. But those people aren't listening to hear my argument for why church history matters. <laughs> I, I think we have so many questions, and Satan works with those questions to create doubt in us. Hmm. And society comes at us to create doubt. And there is a lot of false narrative around things like beliefs that we hold, where they came from, mm-hmm. where our holy scriptures come from, mm-hmm. about different people in church history. And all of those things are are attacks against that being informed of help. Yeah. Um, understanding that the things that we believe, we don't, like, maybe there's a degree of it that says, hey, you know what, I didn't spend a whole lot of time studying this, just my 
my family told me and I took it at that. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes we can just presume that that's how everyone is. Right. We just sort of fell into these things. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to realize that the things that we do and we uphold have been questioned, evaluated, and reevaluated for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. And to walk that journey, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Church history is a fascinating thing for church history nerds. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a great way for people. Maybe some people already have kind of a surface-level understanding of church history at all. There's going to be some things there hopefully we bring to the table that, uh, that they'll learn. For a lot of people, they don't know a lot of church history, and this is going to be a great kind of introduction, and it's not going to be done in a way that's inaccessible. It's going to be done in a way that hopefully uh, everyone can really benefit from, including us as we put it together. Yeah, and we're going to throw out a a teaser episode just for fun. Yes, we will. In a few weeks, we're going to do uh, the history of Christmas. Yeah, Santa Claus's origin story. That's right. (laughs) Right, and we'll we'll talk about how the church has handled those kinds of things along the way. But yeah, that was fun. Teaser. Now you know. Back to 43. Back to question 43. What are the sacraments or ordinances? Hmm. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Well, as as we're going to get into this conversation, it's important because Christians have been given clear direction in Scripture uh, to practice certain religious ceremonies, I'll even say, which I know that word in modern context has some negative connotations but religious ceremony it is uh we've been given direction to do that and so it's a matter of obedience for believers um it's also been hotly debated issue amongst christians Mm -hmm. so it's good for us to kind of wrap our minds around these things and why we've landed where we've landed and understand where other people are at sure and that'll kind of come out not only this week but over the next kind of you know three three or four weeks we're going to be talking about these types of things. Yeah, yeah. There, There's a lot of great division over this. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to get too excited about the history podcast coming up next year, but <laughs> when the Reformation was taking place, even those agreeing upon the Reformation d- disagreed on the ordinances. That's true. And that was a huge part of the division amongst the dividers. Yeah. And even, and we'll get into this later, but even whether we call them sacraments or ordinances. Mm, I'm, I want to talk about that. Is a whole thing. I'm going to hold off, but... Okay, that's fine. Yeah. How's it going wrong? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I guess one way that it's gone wrong is uh, we have seen in certain church traditions a piling on of these types of things mm-hmm. um, where there's just this, this long list of things that we must be constantly doing in order to be pure, in order to be in right standing with God. And and, and so there is, um, for example, the Roman Catholic tradition, uh, Eastern Orthodox, has seven different, they would call them sacraments. Right. Um, and and some of those, uh, I would say, do are not derived from Scripture. Do you have a list of the seven in front of you? I do. Um, Let's hear them. So uh, amongst the Roman Catholic Church, they've got uh, baptism, communion, confirmation, confession, extreme unction, which is really just kind of anointing the sick with oil, 
um, and then ordination. Oh, and marriage. Sorry, forgot marriage as well. Mm-hmm. So those are your seven. So those are seven sacraments in the Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox tradition. Right. Uh, and then there's the swing of the pendulum. Right. The Salvation Army Church. They ain't got none. <laughs> says we, we just don't do the thing. We don't need baptism. Yeah. What the, what's No. We don't baptize. We don't do communion. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I had someone tell me once, um, they were like, it. it's not really a church-related thing. It's more of a family-related thing. But we're leaving your Baptist church and we're going to Salvation Army. Hmm. And I thought, well, that's interesting to leave to leave a church named for an ordinance to go to a church that denies the ordinance, right? Uh, is existence um, not based on any theological standing, but just because that's where the grandkids were? Yeah, um, yeah. And then they would yeah. the, the Salvation Army. They would argue that well, baptism in the Holy Spirit is really what matters. Um, and we would say, yeah, baptism in the Holy Spirit is you know, essential, like receiving right. the, the gift. He is the, the, the seal of the, the promise of our salvation and, and is the one who's operating in, uh, in us to sanctify us. But water baptism is clearly and repeatedly um, mentioned in the New Testament as something that we are commanded to do and was done. Um, so to just say that's fallen by the wayside because reasons um, is really an insufficient argument, and I'd be happy for anyone to chat with me about that if they disagree. But yeah, you know what? I I brought that up not really knowing fully the history of why they hold their position. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a very interesting position to take a thing that we're commanded to do in Scripture in a past way. Um, other ways that we've gone wrong about it: too many of them, not enough of them. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Yes, but I think we can't answer those without getting deeper into some of these other discussions. So sure. maybe maybe we, we move on and then we'll unpack things as we go. So, so I'll say this. Okay. Um, I think that when we talk about primary, secondary, and tertiary doctrine, mm-hmm. I think that there's the majority of the discussion around what are the ordinances and how do we practice them is secondary. I would agree. If you don't agree with me, we can't. We shouldn't go to the same church. Yeah. But we should still see each other's brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah. There's a mountain of these things that are tertiary. (laughs) Right. That don't really divide and even affect our worship. And just a question of what sort of like is going on at that moment that is almost... There are things that can't be proven one way or the other. Right. But beliefs about what are going on that are just very different so there's there are probably people right now listening like let's say hypothetically had listeners okay and those listeners are theologically trained and they're like no you're forgetting like all of these things that are that people go wrong and go wrong and like you didn't mention the one that really bugs me it that might be one of those things that we consider a third order sure um that we'll talk about as varieties of understandings when we talk about the ordinances themselves more specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but there also needs to be a lot of grace. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Read for us the catechism. All right. So in answer to this question, what are the sacraments and ordinances? The catechism says the sacraments or ordinances given by God and instituted by Christ, namely baptism and the Lord's supper 
are visible signs and seals that we are bound together as a community of faith by his death and resurrection. By our use of them, the Holy Spirit more fully declares and seals the promises of the gospel to us. Namely, baptism and the Lord's Supper or mm-hmm. communion. Mm-hmm. All right. So where do we land on that? It's more than zero. It's less than seven. We land on two. Two. Yeah. And this is a thing that I walk our church through every month when we do communion. Yep. Right? Every month I open communion with, um, actually, is that coming? It's not this week. It's next week. Next week, yeah. We open communion with, the Word of God gives us two ordinances, the ordinance of initiation, the ordinance of continuation. One is the declaration to say, I have decided to follow Jesus, and I want to make that statement public in a ceremonial form. And the second is to say, I continue in that confession that I made before in unity with the body of Christ and with Christ himself. And that is the spiel, Mm -hmm. roughly, that comes with every baptism and practice or taking of communion at this church, the two. Right. And one one generally should precede the other. Interestingly enough, I mean, I wasn't, I was raised by good Christian parents, mm-hmm. um, but um, communion was done before baptism in with when I was growing up. Um, it was only later on that, you know, after reading through things and considering things and looking at scripture that, um, that we see mm, it might be more appropriate uh, for baptism to actually precede communion. Um, when we're talking about initiation versus continuation. Sure. And you know what? Not everyone might see eye to eye on that. That is a tertiary thing. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, but I, w- I would also agree with you. There's an order for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I would also say I, I, I don't think it's an effectual problem. So that is to say your confession of Christ is not complete. Uh, right. Because you've had communion and not <laughs> baptism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I would also say to argue to, to argue from the point, anytime, anytime, anytime we argue from the point of, well, are you saying they're not saved? Then what we've done is we've taken the bar and we've not only lowered it, we've just sort of thrown it on the ground. <laughs> and we're doing this sort of minimalist Christianity. What's right. the least I can get away with and still get my card? Right, right, right. Which is not pursuit of righteousness, Christ-likeness for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We've danced around it enough. The way this question is worded, I don't like it. I know you don't like it. <laughs> so the first part of the answer says, the sacrament or ordinances yep. given by God. Is is or the right word? Are they interchangeable concepts? So this is a hotly debated issue, right? Because what we'll find is that, you know, it's a complicated question. Is there a difference, a material difference between sacraments and ordinances? And so first, I think it bears exploring where and how these words are typically used. Generally, you're going to see sacrament used by Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, Anglicans, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Dutch Reformed. That's where you're generally going to see the word sacrament. 
ordinance is generally going to be used by Baptists and other, you know, most other kind of evangelical search churches, other churches that um, profess believers baptism for the most part. That's where you're going to see ordinances. In, in our own church documents, you'll see the word ordinances and not sacraments. And in a general sense, the difference has to do with what is actually happening at baptism or when the Lord's Supper is taken. So generally, sacrament is usually describing that there, it's a means of God's grace. So as you're participating in the sacrament, God uses that as a way to give you grace. There's like this divine blessing inherent with the thing happening. Right. Even the Google definition of sacrament is a religious ceremony or ritual regarding, uh, regarded as imparting divine grace. Yes. It is an act of imparting grace, which is why it was such a big deal in the medieval Catholic Church, especially mm-hmm. at pre-Reformation, to use it as a political tool which was not a practice that died at the Reformation, but it was an instigator, a catalyst for Reformation, to withhold it. Because in withholding communion, they were withholding grace. Right. Yes. Yeah. They were saying, you can't get God's grace because we won't give you communion. Right. Right. So you want... And, and the way that would flow down in some of those conversations, we're just going to get all history. We're going to jump the gun <laughs> and get all history here. And, and so the way that the way that the church was able to to leverage political pressure was to be able to say, no, this is a sacrament. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want grace, that's on you. But that's dying apart from God mm-hmm. without grace. Right. You and the whole kingdom beneath you that isn't going to war for this thing that we want you to do or funding this thing that we want you to fund or giving in the way that we want you to give. Um, so, I mean, if you want to make that decision for you and your whole kingdom, then that's on you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. So it is an impartation. Right. Right. Of, of grace, not. Yeah. And, and ordinance just as a word just means a commandment, like yeah. a city ordinance. And, and so yeah. the, the, Focus there is not on what is taking place, but that these are things we are told to do. Yeah, and it gets it gets into gradations and shades of gray because if an ordinance is something commanded by the Lord, then mm-hmm. then following through with it is an act of obedience. Right. Does the Lord bless obedience? Yes, He does. Sure. So, <laughs> so again, there's there are there are levels and gradations, you know, to what. Not all churches that use the word ordinance mean the exact same thing, and not all churches that use the word sacrament mean the exact same thing. Right. I think we have to be fair to that, yeah. right? The way that sacrament was used in, you know, the 1400s by the Roman Catholic Church in Europe is different than the way our brothers and sisters at the CRC would use it. Right. And I think even, I, I, I think there's even a level of using them interchangeably going on here in the New City Catechism. Yeah. I, I feel that words matter a little bit more than that, and, and to, to use the concept of sacraments and ordinances interchangeably is to argue that we all agree that they're sacraments when we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think there's a difference between an impartation of blessing for obedience and an impartation of grace. Yeah. I mean, I think, so catechisms are 
tools that are used to teach to teach foundational aspects of the faith. Right. Right. And this is trying to be big tent in in big tent Christianity, big tent evangelical Christianity anyways. And so in doing that, right, this Presbyterian author is trying to be inclusive mm-hmm. of Baptists by saying or ordinances. I get that. I, I guess my question and gen- genuinely a question, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Those who wouldn't use the word sacrament would use the word ordinance. But would someone who uses the word sacrament not use the word ordinance? Well, we know at least one example because Charles Simeon decides to use ordinance, but I don't believe he was a Baptist. Okay. Um, And actually in the commentary for this week in the New City Catechism, um, he actually refers to them uh, as, as ordinances. Um, so, so I think there is some, there's a bit of a semantic thing going on. There's a bit of a, you know, what is effectually happening here? That is, you know, a complicated question and, and to kind of suss out all the details of what that means might even go beyond what we're able to do in our 30 minutes. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, but I think what I, what I would like to kind of consider too is like, how we understand that these these two, both baptism and the Lord's Supper, were instituted by Christ, right? That is that is the key that is the key thing, and that's the key advantage to the the two versus the seven, mm-hmm. um, right? That these were things that uh, not only Jesus commanded uh, people to do, but He actually participated in them by mm-hmm. example, right? Um, so with baptism, obviously, you know. We know of John the Baptist, right? He's practicing this baptism of repentance, which interestingly enough, wasn't an entirely new and novel thing to Judaism at the time. It wasn't unheard of for people to do ceremonial washings. Sure, sure. Right? And even to do so in not just in an observation of the law, but in kind of these symbolic ways of piety. Um, And Jesus participates in this to lead by example and then tells his disciples before he leaves to baptize others in the name of the father, the son and the Holy spirit. And so that this is like, that's kind of like the, the initiation of the ordinance of initiation is saying, this is something that you are to do. This is a practice that is to be carried on. Um, until I come back. Right. And he, he does the same with the Lord's supper. He does in first Corinthians chapter 11 mm-hmm. is where we read it from. Uh, it also appears in the gospels. Yeah. Right? The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took the bread, said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take, mm-hmm. eat, and do this. Do this as often as you do so in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. And we know that that command is not specific to the apostles mm-hmm. because they're told to do it until he returns. Yeah. Right. To proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. And then the apostle Paul, who wasn't present at the last supper is then in first Corinthians, giving instruction to the churches on how to properly continue this practice. Right. Right. Because, because the argument I guess could be made, well, he did return. And so it was just for three days that they were supposed to do that. (laughs) But but that Paul is in first Corinthians telling them to do this the right way. Yeah. That in acts, we see them breaking bread Mm -hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand this is this is something that what is to continue on until the end of this age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, commanded of God, mm-hmm. 
are commanded by Christ, exemplified by Christ, mm-hmm. instructed in the scripture. Yeah. And that's where we get into the concept with those other seven that they're not ordered. Right. Right. And, and so in part what has happened in in that Catholic church scenario and, and in others is significant moments have been given the title of ordinance or sacrament right. when they weren't ordained by Christ in the same way as these were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they are in and of themselves significant, mm-hmm. but they are not this. Yeah. Well, and some of them are even, we could argue, even contra-biblical, right? Like the conf- that the act of confessing your sins to a priest sure. who will then petition the Lord on your behalf, which, you know, inserts a middleman who doesn't need to be there, who shouldn't be there, um, is not a sacrament or an ordinance. <laughs> it is, no. It is not, that is not going to be a means by which the Lord is going to impute grace. No. Um, so the catechism refers to these things as visible signs and seals. Um, I would, I, you know, I call them, they're, they're tangible things that represent spiritual realities. Right. Right. The question is, and it just kind of goes back again to the whole sacrament ordinance thing is, is are they merely signs or are they more than signs? Part of me feels like we should wait and do them individually like this. I, I would say as a whole, yeah, we can we can just we can do surface level because we will get into that we will get into them in upcoming weeks for sure. Right, and this this is um, this is important because it doesn't just exist in in the context that we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. For instance, um, there are a lot of people who will tell me that we love each other, we're committed to each other. Does it matter that we get married? It's just a ceremony. Like, well, what's wrong with ceremonially confessing to each other in that way mm-hmm. and making that a public proclamation, mm-hmm. right? That that others participate in as well, right? Um, no, I would agree. Yeah. So as yeah. So let's hear let's hear your your take on it. Are they signs? Are they merely signs or more than signs? Yeah, I would say because they are acts of obedience, and the Lord blesses obedience. Because they are things that are that we are commanded to do. I think in faithfully observing the things that He's commanded us to do, God is God is working in that. I I'm uncomfortable with the way that it's that they are described by the more sacramentalist kind of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite ready to say that, particularly because generally they're pa- they're Pado Baptists, so they're saying God is God is imputing grace in a tangible way onto children who are baptized who have not yet professed faith, and I'm just not there. Mm-hmm. But as acts of obedience, I think it's there. They are signs, but but God operates through signs. We are we are visual people, right? And so things are reinforced in us that have benefits. So. More than signs to a point, but it's... Yeah, so so personally, I would say um, not effectual in that it, I, I wouldn't call it... I, would, I wouldn't use the word seal mm. because to me, seal sounds like, uh, yeah, you've made your confession, but now we need to stamp it, mm. right? My years in South America, it didn't matter. Like, there would be times you would get documents signed, but that still wasn't legal until someone 
put a little gold sticker on it. Okay. That was the seal. That's what actually made it official, even mm. though all the work had been done. Right. And so to me, seal just kind of has that feeling. If someone wanted to come at me and say, no, it's a seal for a different reason, and they showed me the whatever semantic that they need to do, that's fine. I'm not going to get bent out of shape about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say the work is done in the confession, and there is nothing in the communion or the baptism that adds to our salvation or preserves our salvation in a way that without these ceremonies we would be missing. Hmm. So I would say it is less than a sacrament or it is not a sacrament. Hmm. Um, and I know that when we say it is a ceremony, then people are just like, well, ceremonies are pointless. And so you're just calling it pointless. <laughs> um, I, I think you're not, I think in that maybe you're showing your own heart towards ceremonies. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what you're doing there. I think it's Vingley who said it. Uh, man, we are just all over the history today. I know. Urg Zwingli, because communion was a huge discussion between him and Luther on whether or not they could come together in the Reformation or whether they would need to do their own separate Reformations. Right. And, uh, and, and Zwingli's point was to say, it is merely a ceremony, but no mere ceremony. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is to say, it is, a, it is ceremonial, but don't undermine the value of ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the importance of a God ordained ceremony. Yeah. And so to call it a ceremony is not to undermine it when you're noting that it is a God ordained ceremony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I that's where I stand. Yeah. I'm it, I'm Zwinglian in yeah. in that way. I think one of the helpful things for me in wrapping my mind around it, um, even though he uses the word sacrament, um, in kind of wrapping our heads around this, what J. I. Packer says in the commentary section. Or, or actually, it's someone quoting J.I. Packer, but he puts it this way. He says, as the preaching of the word makes the gospel audible, so the sacraments or ordinances, if you're Baptist like us, make it visible. And God stirs up faith by both means. Sacraments, therefore, function as a means of grace on the principle that literally seeing leads to believing. So I, I can get down with that. I can get down with that. The symbol is like the preaching of the gospel in visual form. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm getting down with that. Yeah. Um, that's the Anglican notion <laughs> to call it that. Right. But, but what he, what he says about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is interesting because the other Anglican you quoted, um, called it ordinance, called it an ordinance. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one thing that might be missing from here is that it's, I would argue given to the church. Mm-hmm. And not to the individual, to practice them. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is something that the church does. Mm-hmm. So, like, people sitting at home taking their own communion. I mean, I don't think you're drinking your destruction upon you. No, no. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's not how we're given to it. It's not the way it's supposed to be done. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, a kid wants to pray with mom and dad. Um, uh a commitment of of the reception of the grace of Jesus Christ for salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking that kid to the backyard to dunk him in the swimming pool by yourself as a family, I don't think is the best way to acknowledge baptism. I'd agree. Um, so I, I think that, I, I've even heard it go as far as like youth groups doing pizza and Coke at 
youth group and calling it communion. Yeah, no. Right? Sorry, um, but no. Those kinds of things, I, I'm... If someone came to me and they were like, yeah, I've been baptized and gave a scenario like that, I wouldn't be like, no, you've not been baptized. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a member of this church, you got to get real baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are I, I would hear them out. Uh, is We'll talk about baptism next week. Yeah, we will. Uh, but at the same time, I wouldn't recommend it, right? Sure. I'd say, no, I, I think there's a better, more biblical way to go about this. Yeah, what's best, right? And what's best is that we understand that as we partake in the Lord's Supper together and as we see brothers and sisters being baptized, that that is an encouragement to the people of God, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let's break away, try to break away from this hyper-individualistic culture. This is not about just this little club where it's just you and God. Like, that you you are united to the body of Christ, to the people of God, right? Yeah. And, And so... That is something that that ought to be done in a corporate setting, and mm-hmm. and was meant for the corporate setting. Yeah, and, and that's that's part of the concept of the public proclamation because mm-hmm. both of these are public pro- proclamation. Yes, public proclamation. Mm-hmm. That's tough to say. At least it was in the moment. <laughs> so we opened up with a big teaser. We did about coming season. A podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's tease the next episode. Oh yeah, because we never do that. Yeah, well, we do sometimes, not very often. Not very often. We're going to be talking about the individual ordinances in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Next week we're going to talk about baptism. That's right. We are Baptists. We are. Which means we know everything about <laughs> baptism. It's in the name. <laughs> Memorial Baptist Church. Baptism is our middle name. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but we also understand that we have brothers and sisters that we disagree with mm-hmm. at a secondary level mm-hmm. who see baptism differently. Yeah. And it's not because they don't know how to read their Bible. Right. Right. Which is always the argument. On, on both, both, on both right, sides. On both sides. Yep. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk next week about the Baptist position of baptism, why we do things the way we do, and we have a special guest coming on from the CRC. We do. Here in Stratford, who is going to share with us their position on baptism, mm-hmm. and then we're going to blast him. <laughs> both guns. <laughs> no. None of that's going no, on. No, no, Just an opportunity to share and hear out because I would I would argue that there are people from his church and people from our church mm-hmm. that would come at it and be like, I know that that's one of the most visible things that we disagree on and do differently. I'm not sure why. Mm. I don't know what the significance of it is mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, and so maybe we'll answer some of those questions. Yeah, hopefully. It'll be fun. Yes, it will. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. Take care. Next time. <laughs>